Hello and welcome. It's David joining you today. It's Friday, October the 16th. I'm solo this week. Brent is still in harvest, having some favorable weather, trying to get through harvest here. Very timely this year. So gave him the week off. He'll be joining us in a couple of weeks. Going to talk through today the latest outlook. So it's been another busy week. You know, I was <laughs> thinking back to September. The USDA dropped those net farm income and direct payment estimates the first week of the month. And then we had the WASDE report. Then we had the CFAP2 payments. And then I guess we had a bit of a break off and sort of rolling through. This has been a lot of information flowing here. So we're going to step back. This week, I'm going to process and break down the latest commodity market outlook for corn and soybeans. A lot of activity here, a lot of things to keep in mind. So the first thing I want to go back and say, wow. Back in September, Brent and I commented, hey, there's been a 50-cent rally in the corn futures contract on the D20 contract. Today, we have to change the graph, update the graph, change the scales. Looking at an 80-cent rally from the lows. So we got, as a reference point, we got down to 320. We were talking about the probability of the December contract going below $3 a bushel at the beginning of August. It wasn't that long ago. And now here we are, we crossed the $4 threshold, closed that Ag Forecast Network question um, just yesterday. So interesting to see this play out. Some good news, positive news. Soybeans, very similar. Uh, we were talking about a $1.60 rally back in September. Now the rally is getting closer to $2 on the November contract, uh, trading around $10.50, got to a low, um, spent quite a bit of time at $8.50, just throughout most of the month of May and got as low as 840. So big changes here in the outlook pointing to some positive improvements. And we're going to start breaking down how that happened. It's sort of been an interesting transition here. The last few years have been dominated, but a lot of bad news. And now we're starting to piece together independently positive stories that are starting to go together. So we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but there's another year big prevent plant. Corn yields have been working their way lower. They're getting closer to trends. Soybean yields have also backed off of their previous high yield forecasts. The other big news here was an adjustment here. Another big September, early October piece of news was the USDA adjusted lower the ending stocks for the last marketing year, which are also the beginning stocks for this marketing year that we're, that we're thinking about. And so less stocks out there than what we anticipated. A big surprise there much bigger than what people thought about. And then we have the demand story. So China's coming back and we're seeing a lot of export activity. So you start to piece all these things together. Each of them by themselves would have been important, but now we're starting to piece together three or four things together. And you're seeing a little bit of activity and excitement here. I'm going to talk to you about the October WASD projections. going to walk through what happened. The first thing that we saw is that they moved lower the acreage. Acreage adjusted just a little bit lower. It's about a million acres lower. They transferred that straight through to the harvested. That's one source of the improvement. Again, this acreage story has been playing out. Keep in mind, we were thinking about 96 million acres, maybe a little more. A year ago, they were talking about 100 million acres of corn. So this has been walked back. But the big story here in the last six months has been prevent plant. We wrote some articles about that on the premium side. Make sure you go check that out. The other thing is they pushed yields slightly lower. But it's kind of interesting to think about how 177 was that trend number. We've been forecasting that going back to February. And we're starting to see these numbers move towards trends. So keep an eye on that. Of course, here was the big surprise. The big surprise, of course, happened with the stocks. And we're going to focus on the beginning stocks. So in September, the USDA thought there'd be about 2.3 billion bushels of beginning stocks going into this. 
2020-21 marketing year, we're down to about 1.99, so almost two. So they pulled out about 250 million bushels. This is a significance. The other thing that happened is they pulled a little bit out of use, but they only pulled about 100 million bushels out of use. So overall, we got a tighter situation on our hands. So ending stocks dropped from 2.5 bushels based on the September WASD down to 2.17. So pretty good tightening here, more than a 10% reduction in that ending stocks number. We've been following this along, the ending stocks to use. This is going to be one of these numbers that we look back on and kind of scratch our heads. Back in May, we were thinking 96, 97 million acres of corn. That put this ending stocks to use at about 22.5%. We were staring down the barrel of a train wreck. And that was with trend yields. We've actually seen what would have happened if we would have had a 190 national yield, which history would suggest would have been a pretty big yield. We've worked that lower. September, we got down to 17. Today, we're at about 14.9, coming in right below the 15. The second thing to keep in mind here is that where are we at compared to the most recent years? Two years ago, we were sitting at about 15.5% stocks to use, about 14% stocks to use. So we're in the ballpark of where we've been last year. This 14 to 15, this is sort of the, the not too low, not too high. Got to start seeing corn get a little bit lower before the price actions get considerably better. Another thing to keep in mind, this market year average price at the bottom, these don't get a whole lot of attention, but this came in at 360. Keep in mind, I think July or June, that number got down to 310. So 360 is back in the ballpark of where we are. So we've seen corn sort of start to move towards a more positive outlook. Jeff Young, he's been following these corn yield estimates. I think the corn story is interesting where we started to see yields creep up in the middle of the year and we started to see them come back lower. And so his models are right there at the USDA estimate are coming in slightly below. So we'll see how that plays out. We're about to run out of data for this. So we're going to keep this in mind. The last thing I want to point out here, we have moved a lot of the risk off the table. So we are no longer in this trend or May or August WASDE variation. That said, we're still in the neighborhood. I should probably update this so you can see these data points better. We're in an October, November window here. So we're looking at what's the final number and how far off is October's estimate and then the November estimate. And we can still see a couple bushels of movement. History would suggest the 10 bushel movements are off the table, but maybe a three bushel, four bushel, that's still in the cards. As we move to November, you can still get another bushel. So we got to keep that in mind. We've taken off the big numbers. History would suggest we've taken off the big numbers, taken off some of that risk, but there's still a few bushels that we've seen move higher or lower in the past. So still some uncertainty here to get resolved. On the soybeans, pulled about 700,000 acres out of soybeans coming from the planted side, as well as the harvested side. This yield number of 51.9, we're gonna talk about that in the next slide. That's unchanged, but still a big number as we think about it's the biggest number over the last three years, but it's also historically significant. What we saw also is that stocks number came down. It came down about 50 million bushels, about 10% reduction. The other thing that was interesting here is that the USDA increased usage. So usage was at 4.4 billion. Now they've jumped it up to 4.5. It's really this export story. Exports are still staying strong. So they've actually increased the exports from 2.1 billion bushels to 2.2. And we're going to keep an eye on this uh, as we move forward. So soybeans, the story out of WASD was that, hey, you don't have as much stocks as you thought coming into this current marketing year. We're going to pull acreage down and we're going to increase usage. And the combination of all these things, these were all sort of 
all these were either neutral or they were going to tighten stocks. And at the bottom of the day, they pulled out a lot of stocks. We went from 460 million bushels down to 290. That's really tight, especially when you consider where we are in uh, the stocks to use. And so when you think about this from a stocks to use standpoint, it's starting to get quite tight. We started in July, we thought we'd be at 10%. Then in August, it got to 13. And now we're down to six. And six is considerably tighter than where we were last year at about 13. And two years ago, in the height of the trade war, we were at 23% stocks. It reminds me of a story when several years ago, a lake that where I grew up got really low. And everyone said, it's going to take forever to get this lake filled back up. You know, we've had this massive drought and it's going to take multiple years of average rainfall to get this lake to fill back up. Well, three months later, the lake was full and over full and we had a lot of rain. And what was going on is, you know, we went from the winter, which was always dry and a big drought. And all of a sudden you had a wet spring. And so it's always raining in the spring. That's average. And then you had above average on top of that. And you had a really wet conditions. And so two years ago, we were talking about, it's going to take us years to get this work through this 23% stocks to use. Well, what's happened here is we've had massive prevent plant. We've had some big adjustments. And so we went from a situation of really unbelievably massive ending stocks, 900 million bushels, about 4 billion bushels of use. Now we're at 300 million bushels and actually higher use, 4.5 billion. So in two years, we've pulled the stocks down by more than a third, the actual bushels, and we've increased what we're going to be sending. And so that's going to be a positive story. How did this happen in such a short time frame? Well, we rolled the dice and there were some kind of unusual circumstances. And one of those being the big prevent plant story. Two years of back-to-back prevent plant. I don't think the prevent plant situation is getting as much attention as uh, maybe it deserves, but it's going to be big. It's positive, right? But it's one of those environments or it's one of those stories that we can't count on for next year as we plant that 2021 crop. So keep that in mind. All right, the price outlook. USDA has that at 980 for soybeans. That's up a lot from last month, 925 last month. Biggest number we saw before that, or I guess the last previous two years for the 18 planted crop, the 19 planted crop was about 850. So a big improvement here in the soybean outlook. Soybeans are going to be in the headlines for the next six to eight months. We're going to start talking about that price ratio. Brent and I were looking at this for a project. Soybeans are going to be really competitive next year. And this is part of the story. It's really interesting to see how the soybean story has turned. 51.9 yield that's unchanged from September to October. That's a big number. History would suggest it's about the 88th percentile. So when we do this departure from trend since the 19th, Late 1980s, 88% of the crops have been smaller on a departure from trend basis. Only about four times have we seen a bigger number. So 55.6, that would be a departure from trend record. We're sitting here at 51.9. Previous estimate high was 53.5 back in August. So we've worked this lower, but it's still a big crop. So we're going to keep an eye on that moving forward. Again, reminding you here that we still have some yield uncertainty left in in the deck. So we have two years where the October forecast was off by more than two bushels from where the final came in at. We moved to November, there's several years that were around that bushel or half a bushel. So we can still see these yields adjust as we move through the rest of the year and we get more and more information as we zero in. To reemphasize this, this uncertainty goes both ways. And so we've been in a story where things are moving favorably. That could continue, but also it could go the other way. We could see the crop start to get a little bit bigger as we get information. 
this is something you need to keep your eye on. And my point of sharing this graph and bringing this up for both corn and soybeans is to remind you of how much uncertainty still exists. I think a lot of times we get hyper-focused on a half a bushel or half a bushel movement in soybeans when history would suggest, hey, quite a few bit of the time, we still have a bushel to two bushel of range here that still could be moved. It's always helpful to think about what's my estimate and then what's the range? How much variation could there really be reasonably expected? Finally, uh, something we talked about last month, and I wanted to reemphasize this is the dollar. I was on a panel earlier this month, and someone's made the comment, if you'd have told me with 100% certainty that the COVID pandemic would have be happening on January 1st of this year, I'm not sure I could have taken a position in the market and made money off that. And not that you should have been doing that, but the point that he was trying to make, which was a good point, is this thing has gone all sorts of different directions. And so here's the dollar. The dollar shot higher, and then it came back to sort of pre-COVID level. So that's a story we've been thinking about. We broke it down in an article here a few weeks ago, and the dollar is a little more complicated than just that. So we took the dollar. So on average, the dollar shot higher and then came back to pre-trade war levels. But when we separated into two components, the dollar against emerging economies and the dollar versus advanced economies, we get two different stories. So the dollar versus advanced economies has actually gotten weaker. The dollar versus emerging economies has gotten stronger. So it, the trend was still the same. It got really strong. And then it, it's, it weakened, but the relative change from before the pandemic is different. And so we have sort of, on average, it returned to pre-trade war levels. But when you break it apart, it's still stronger in these advanced emerging economies. And why that's important is because think about our competitor uh, in South America and Brazil. So that is a opportunity for those growers. Think about our buyers. Think about corn going to Mexico. That is a challenge trying to get corn into Mexico where the stronger dollar relative to the peso makes corn prices look a little bit stronger. Now, if we're exporting meats maybe to Europe, the weaker dollar versus these advanced economies, that could be a positive story for those. So our point here is we have to be kind of careful when we think about what's going on with the dollar. Everything kind of got shook up in the snow globe and it's falling out and we got to keep a close eye on that. So to wrap up here, I would say to summarize the last 60 days, we've had a large 2020 prevent plant. That's on the backside of a record setting 2019 prevent plant. Our yields have been either even or coming down slightly over the last 60 days. That big stock adjustment number for the 1920 marketing year the strong usage story, strong export story still coming in. We have some weakness there on ethanol, but the export story is still strong. And then of course, we got the CFAP2 payments. That's not relevant to the outlook for the corn and soybeans, but it's out positive for the farm economy outlook. I want to encourage you to start thinking about 2021. Think about lower fertilizer prices. That's going to impact the corn budget. We have an article about that. Think about the corn to soybean price ratio. Think about what happens when we have a normal prevent plant. What if we have below normal prevent plant acreage? Uh, we've been pulling from the, the low probability, but the favorable side of that distribution. I wouldn't want to build a marketing plan expecting somewhere below 175 million acres of combined corn and soybean acres. And then, of course, we have ad hoc payments. What's going to happen there in 2021? Next up on the big reports is the WASD on November 10th. That's a Tuesday of next month. Keep in mind, we have those forecast network questions about trend yields. Going to keep dialing those in, and we're going to see where those are at. The corn one, 177. I thought we were definitely going to go above trend. Now I've brought it closer to maybe a 50-50. I'll have to dial that in the next few weeks. So one last comment. The Nobel Prize in Economics went out this 
was announced this week. And it went to two folks who are in the U.S. And they actually got their award for their work in auctions and how they help thinking about auctions. And I don't want to get into the nuances of their work, but I thought it was fascinating as a farm kid. Auctions are oftentimes some of the first things that we remember going to cattle or livestock auctions, going to equipment auctions. So auctions have always been a part of ag in that rural economy. And so I just find it neat that someone was doing some really important work, some very advanced work, trying to make auctions more valuable to the markets and more valuable for trading. And their work was in public goods. Actually, a lot of the work was in radio spectrum and how you auction off radio spectrum to say Verizon or AT&T to get the balance between the public good and getting commercialization of that. So not specifically related to ag, but I think ag is very accustomed to auctions and different types of auctions and different ways we auction goods off. I thought that was a neat connection for us to think about. So again, thanks for joining. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Stay curious and uh, update your forecasts. (music) 